0: This is OPI Talk, the voice of the business products industry. Hello and welcome to this episode of OPI Talk. I'm your host, Andy Braithwaite, and today it's something of an end-of-year special, if I can call it that. I'm joined today by my colleagues at OPI, CEO Steve Hilliard, editor Heike Diekmann and deputy editor Michelle Sturman. Hello everybody! Hi Andy! Uh,
1: Hello! Hi Andy!
0: And we're going to spend the next 20 minutes or so looking at some of the major stories and developments in the business products world over the past 12 months. Now obviously 2020 is going to go down as the year when COVID-19 swept around the world, causing unprecedented lockdowns, breakdowns in the supply chain and huge economic upheaval. Now, let's just say it has been a challenging year for pretty much everybody. But one, I think, where you know we've also seen a lot of resilience, the ability to act quickly and adapt to new trends. Now, Hiker, I know that you've been impressed by what some of the vendors have done.
1: I have been, yes. I guess pivot is the word that we either all love or hate, but it's not just the fact that a lot of vendors moved away from their typical ranges, but also the speed with which they have done that. If you take Deflecto in the US, for instance, it launched over hundred new products between April and September this year, all COVID related. I think that's astonishing. I spoke to the global VP of product management and marketing recently, and she told me that the team was able to go from new product design to prototype in three weeks. That's impressive, surely. Or there's German vendor Durable. That's a good example of a company that stepped completely out of its comfort zone. It even reconfigured part of its manufacturing facilities and very quickly so. So it could make a range of PPE. But these two vendors aside, there are loads more examples of companies, manufacturers or otherwise, that have been similar in their sort of positive approach and execution and huge credit to them all.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, I've got some exem- examples from some, from some of the some of the resellers as well. I, mean, I can remember speaking to uh, Dolph Westerbos and Isabel and uh, Peter Walters from Staple Solutions in Europe earlier this year. And they managed to onboard loads of vendors in uh, record time to launch their Plan C initiative that launched before, before the end of May. That was, a, that was a pretty good feat there. And then I remember speaking to Scott Zintz from Epic Business Essentials which is part of the independent suppliers group in the US. And they did a great job sourcing PPE products for their members when they really needed them. So it just shows what can be achieved when the, when there's a real need. Anybody else want to chip in there? I think Michelle, perhaps?
2: Yeah, sure. I'd just like to say kudos to the entire industry. When this all kicked off, i.e. the pandemic, everyone was sent home to work. offices were empty. And uh, the wholesalers, the dealer groups, and especially the dealers, they all got together and they turned this around and came up with home delivery solutions, e-commerce solutions. I uh, just think that the entire industry at that point has just simply risen to the occasion, being absolutely brilliant and a great achievement.
0: Okay, great. Now, One area of the industry, and any industry, uh, that has been severely impacted, of course, is face-to-face events. I mean, I I can remember my last in-person event was actually Paper World in Frankfurt, and that's going back to... To January, and I can remember then it was just really at the start of of coronavirus. we really didn't understand what what that word meant at the time, and there were, I think, some Chinese suppliers who didn't attend. We certainly didn't have, didn't have any inkling of what uh, what was coming coming next. And I think as I reported last week in, in a new story, I'm not even sure that you know Paper World 2021 in its slimmed down version in in April is even going to going to take place as a live event either. You know, St- Steve, if I can turn to you, obviously. Events is a big part of the OPI you know, value add proposition, and you know, like anyone else, we haven't been Im- immune to to what's happened in the world over, over the past few months. Um, you know, adapting to things like Zoom and virtual events, and sort of a good example for us was the OPI European Forum online, which took place last month. I mean, how, how challenging was that to put together?
3: Um, well, just before I answer your question directly, Andy, I sort of smiled when you mentioned Paperworld because, of course, I too was at that event with you. And I recall seeing lots of um, Asian attendees of that event walking around wearing face masks and the rest of us looking sort of rather bemused, thinking, well, it's something the Asians always do. you know. And a few weeks later, of course, we're, uh, we're running into turmoil ourselves. And, of course, we ourselves managed to just about put on an event in early March, our partnership event. And I think that was the last time I went on a train or an airplane, certainly the last time I, I shook hands with an industry colleague. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. uh, yeah, strange times. Certainly, as we went through the pandemic, the the desire for our industry to to get together to discuss the many, many different challenges and indeed opportunities that have occurred this year was pretty great. Um, and we were a bit slow to come around to the idea of putting on uh, an online event for the very reason that they're very difficult to recreate a physical and a successful format in a, in a digital environment, but with the encouragement of the industry, you know, we did we did do that. It, it wasn't challenging to put together per per se. Although the, probably the most challenging part was to actually boil down pages and pages and pages of notes we took from talking to the industry colleagues to decide what it was we were going to talk about. And then find a way of compressing that into a few hours because, of course, we all have Zoom fatigue and uh, we're teams out. And also, people are still very, very busy. Yeah, we seem to forget, we are still. in many cases in the middle of a business crisis that most of us have never ever faced before. And we wanted to avoid the whole talking head syndrome of having lots of, uh, you know, death by PowerPoint type presentations. The the platform we chose, I think we kind of pulled it off. It was uh, an opportunity for us to engage with a new audience as well. Uh, Probably the most challenging thing of all was that because you don't have to book a flight or uh, book a hotel, um, you could book at the last minute. So I think 50% of our attendees booked in the last 48 hours before the event. Uh, if you were running a physical event, that would be giving you kittens. Um, but uh, as it was online, it, it wasn't so bad. So yeah, it was an enjoyable experience, one that I'm sure we shall be going through again at some point in the not too distant future.
0: Yeah. And looking at the, the feedback that we've, we've got, it, uh, it was very well received
3: absolutely astonishing feedback yeah uh and having run events for 26 years i can hand on heart say that, that was the best feedback we've had for any event that we've ever ever put together so thanks to everyone who did attend what was especially gratifying um was the number of new people that because the price uh, obstruction had been removed um it was a lot more affordable and so many new attendees and uh, customers you know, commented on you know what a great event I can't believe I haven't been to a forum before so hopefully when we get back and we will get back to doing mm-hmm. physical events those people will will follow us and uh, we'll get a chance to thank them for their attendance sort of properly face to face.
0: Okay good stuff Any anything you can say yet about next year's calendar?
3: We of Obviously you do as well, and your colleagues keep an eye on what's happening with other wider industry events. And, you know, we try to fit in. As it looks at the moment, I think it's unlikely that our partnership event, which is scheduled for March in Amsterdam will take place. That's more likely to be the very end of Q2. But I'm very, very hopeful that that event will, will happen in a physical sense. Our next conference will have be been the global forum. I suspect what we'll do there is run a virtual global forum as we did with the European forum, and maybe postpone that physical date, which was scheduled for March, March, uh, sorry, correction, May. We'll push that back to uh, to later in the year, maybe the autumn, fall, as the Americans would say. As for the European Forum, quite frankly, no idea at the moment. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of impossible to, to forecast. and We're already seeing 2021 dates being postponed and or actually indefinitely cancelled. So mm. we'll just keep a watching brief.
0: Yeah, okay. You mentioned Zoom fatigue earlier on. And uh, you know, as we are probably all know and experience, some of these visual uh, Virtual events can be a bit hit and miss. I just wanted to, to mention a couple that I've I've attended in in the past few months. So I I was quite impressed with the first the first one. Of those was the Amazon Business ABX conference in October. And I mean, that was very slick and a, a very good level of uh, participants taking taking place in that. And I think that just really showed how Amazon is continuing to focus on the customer first through all this. And the other the other point I wanted to to say was. It just really showed how end users have, have turned to Amazon during the pandemic and uh, if you do a search on the OPInet website for abx you'll see there's a there's an article and uh, a, a podcast from from that event which I think are quite revealing but uh, well, I would say that um, and the other the other one is the Advaya world event which took place uh, a few weeks ago from that's the Advaya the the wholesaler and dealer group uh, based in in France yeah, things struck me there that they'd really worked with their vendors. I think they'd they'd put together something like seventy two hours of specially made videos with all the vendors coming into the Adveo uh, headquarters to to film those. And so they mixed that those pre recorded sessions with some you know, live Q and A ses- sessions with with product managers. And they had literally had tens of thousands of connections for for that event. So that, I thought that went really well. So hats off uh, to them for that. Uh, Yes, Steve, you wanted to jump in there.
3: Yeah, I just um, it, it's just kind of interesting how people have adapted the, to use hiker's word or. The word of the of the of the year pivot and uh, people have pivoted towards using this technology and uh, I remember a conversation with Steve Howarth um, a couple of months ago and he said you know we all just made this rapid transition to use technologies which quite frankly have been been around for quite some time you know, we've yeah we've had Zoom and Skype for business and many other sorts of platforms for quite some time yet we were all very very reticent to use it and um, when we were shafted and pushed we we uh, we dived in and embraced it and he did question I also you know echo that what other tech Technologies are out there that perhaps will come to the fore in 2021, and when we do this podcast in 12 months from now, you know, is there something else that we will have come to the fore that we hadn't anticipated at this very moment?
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting point. Okay. Now let's have a look at some of the the big stories from from the past 12 months, and you know, I think we we'll probably all agree there are there are two that that, that really stand out. Both involve pretty famous wholesale names from each side of the Atlantic Ocean. And uh, I guess the first one was the sad demise of the spot group uh, in the UK and the end of Spices uh, as a wholesaler, you know, a name that had been round since 1796. Steve, perhaps you know, that particular event wasn't totally unexpected.
3: No, it wasn't. It's been said that COVID-19 you know, didn't create necessarily change it just accelerated change that was uh, almost certainly going to happen at some point anyway and I think that's probably true um that that's, that spices or spices office team group uh, to be precise had been struggling for quite some time um and you know we won't go here into the sort of reasons as to you know wh- why that was but certainly the outpouring that i saw on linkedin of um, of people that either were working at the company when it went into uh, administration or um people that had worked there i mean consider this i think um i'm not far short of saying that if you are a, a participant in the office products industry. Certainly, at my age, you know, i mean, in my 50s, uh, or possibly a bit younger. Uh, you've either worked at Spices, bought from Spices, or sold to Spices. I mean, they were they were integral to the office products industry going back for, well, longer than I've been around, you would get back sort of 40, 50 years. So it was a, a very sad event. And people talk about spices, of course, but of course, let's not also forget there was Office Team, which itself was a an amalgamation of um, other businesses, you know, OEA and Straker and, and many, many others. And of course, whilst that sort of uh, lingers on now in, a, in another sort of entity with another owner, that, that certainly signaled, the end of a lot of history uh, for our industry, and it was a, a sad moment.
0: Yeah, sure. And you alluded to the uh, the OT group, which were, kind of rose out of the the ashes of of Spot, uh, perhaps in uh, let's say, for want of a better word, some controversial circumstances. I'll leave it at that. But uh, Steve, you and I will be interviewing Steve Horn and Sean Shine from the Paragon Group uh, next week, so that's something to look out for. Uh, yeah, you know, mul- multiple uh, places in OPI uh, for podcasts on the, on the website and in the, the magazine coming out in January I guess the other the other big story was on the other side of the Atlantic in the. US we had SP Richards being acquired by you know, Yancey Jones and Mike Maggio to stalwarts I guess of the independent dealer channel uh, Steve no one saw that one coming did they
3: no, oh, and who knew that um, office Forex dealer group CEOs got paid so much <laughs> that they could go out and acquire a 100, 1.5 billion dollar um, wholesaler? Uh, no, no, seriously. Um, as I sort of posted on LinkedIn at the time, absolutely never saw that coming. Uh, although I believe, obviously, the insiders, never some certainly did. I. Very confidently said uh, about 18 months ago that Mike Maggio would not be CEO of Independent Suppliers Group come Christmas 2020. You're right. And I was absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I was bang on right, but I certainly hadn't envisaged him pulling off that deal and certainly not during the middle of a global pandemic. So kudos to Mike. He's a, he's a lovely guy. He's got the independent dealer community you know, in, in his blood, at, at his heart. And yeah, it's. Uh, it was a, a, quite a development and i wish them luck and yeah we haven't covered much about that company since early july when the story broke Um uh, people may be wondering why of course that's just to, to give those guys a breathing space to um mm. yeah, to, to to reconfigure the big business but i'm pretty sure we'll be covering a lot more about sp richards as we move into 2021
0: yeah sure and if uh, yancy or, or mike you're listening to this we hope to have you on an episode of opi talk in the very near future Hi uh, Heike, I know you covered that story in some depth at, at, at the time. What, what struck you most about that deal?
1: Well, the timing of it, I guess, was the most uh, surprising one. But as sort of Mike pointed out to me, Mike Maggio pointed out to me, when I spoke to him in July, end of June, July, it wasn't really a spur-of-the-moment deal that sort of just came about in the middle of a mm-hmm. pandemic. It was, it was, was, It started when the Ascendant SP deal broke off in 2018, so... Once the sort of the cock started moving on that, there was no reason to stop it because of the pandemic. And also, Mike and Yancy clearly didn't want to risk a a sort of a scenario whereby the company fell into the wrong hands. And I think Mm. we will know what we mean by that. (laughs) So SPR was up for sale. And why not? Pandemic or not, to conclude that deal. But actually, to answer your question, the fact that One of Mike's very first comments was at the time, yes, there's a need for an independent business products distributor, but that wholesaler, independent, will serve all resellers and treat them as customers, not just independent dealers. And no more first or second call wholesaler. That's redundant Mm -hmm. and completely out of date. Both Yancy and uh, Mike were quite adamant about that. So I think they've both been really honest and really open about everything. And that's to be applauded.
0: Okay, good. And good luck to them in 2021. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about today is sustainability. And I know, you know this time last year, that was a pretty pretty hot topic uh, in the in- industry and, and, and elsewhere. And then along came COVID. Now, Michelle, I know this is an area that you are very interested in and you were responsible for putting together the OPI Green Thinking supplement uh, this year. How how do you think COVID changed the sustainability conversation?
2: Oh, it's changed in many, many ways. I think talking about the hot topic in sustainability last year, clearly it was um, single-use plastic, where the elimination, or at least the massive reduction of it, was absolutely huge. It was in the news, it was on documentaries, with, of course, Mr Attenborough. Um, It was everywhere. And it was really gaining traction and ground. And then come March... And the pandemic Um, sustainability understandably in the middle of a health crisis took a back seat but unfortunately referring back to the single-use plastic the massive increase in uh, ppe of course is mostly single-use and it's already been found littered everywhere it's been found in the oceans and rivers already so hopefully at least for the general population this use of single-use ppe Find some sustainable options moving forward. But there's also been other perhaps areas that people would never have thought of. I know Jonathan Withy and I spoke about this in the big interview for the November-December issue about the fact that people have been in lockdown for so long have suddenly almost rediscovered nature again. Mm-hmm. The reduction in noise and air pollution. I mean, who can forget those pictures of the canals in Venice completely clear with dolphins and mm. fish being you know, yeah. able to be seen. Or the photographs of the Himalayas from parts of India where they had the, the mountains had not been seen for 40 years. Um I mean iconic images, I'm sure, that will be around for, forever now um, in relation to the pandemic. But I think people have realized more just the impact that humans are actually having on the planet.
0: Okay, good good point.
2: Uh, yep. So yeah, I think it's changed it in many, many ways.
0: Okay, good. I've just had a, we've just had the US election, uh, change of administration coming up in the new year. What, what impact do you think that will have on sustainability issues globally?
2: I think this will have a major impact. I mean, if Biden makes good on one of his big promises, and that is to put the US back into the Paris Agreement, I believe on his first day as president, as the world's biggest economy, and the second uh, largest emitter of greenhouse gases, his pledges will have a major impact on climate change, and in particular, of course, in getting to net zero by 2050. It, I would imagine that's incredibly difficult to do, to do without the U.S. So his his um, boosting of clean energy and overall climate-friendly policies, I think, will be it's, it's a major it's a major coup for the world.
0: Okay, and then just going back to kind of business products, uh, OP-related stuff. Do you think sustainability will, you know, once you know, COVID is behind us, sustainability will, will be back at the top of many companies' agendas?
2: Definitely. It, it has to be. I mean, already you're looking at big corporates and global brands. Sustainability is a big driving force now. It's been linked to resilience, which, of course, during the pandemic, we've, we've all learned lots about. And, of course, you've got things like the EU Green Deal. Um, You've got ESG, which is, for those who may not know, environmental, social and governance investment and reporting, which is becoming huge. And overall, there's no way about it. More and more legislation from every country around the world is going to be focused more and more on sustainability. And there won't be a business that can get away with not promoting sustainability within their own business. Let's just hope that all this talk of the green reset and green recovery actually turns into action.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks, Michelle. Time, unfortunately, is marching on. I wanted to finish this podcast by just asking everyone to polish off your crystal balls and try and predict what we're going to see in the business products world in 2021. Now that could be a specific event if you want to go out on a limb with something like that or a a trend that's going to have a major influence on a particular channel or the industry as a whole. I mean, I'll I'll kick things off. If you like, I'm going to stick my neck out and say that we're going to see a transaction in Western Europe that will consolidate the office supplies retail space. And I don't want to be too specific or give any particular names on that one, but my guess is that might involve some companies based in Germany, France, and the Benelux region. And I'll leave it like that. That's just a purely an educated guess. And I don't have any insider information on that. But uh, watch out, perhaps for some something something there. I'll pick on someone to go next. Michelle, what do you reckon?
2: Oh, I think the biggest trend that will directly affect our industry has got to be remote working. I do think that at some point next year, people will start heading back to the office, but remote working is here to stay now. I think it will become more of a hybrid model, most definitely, so people working at home two or three days a week um, and only going into the office for planned meetings um, and collaborating together. Will the pendulum ever swing back to seeing more people in the workplace than working at home? Definitely won't see it happen next year, who knows what will happen in the future and of course a lot of this also depends on what happens with COVID and vaccines over the next few months
0: yeah okay good and also implications there for e-commerce and home deliveries and all that that kind of stuff Steve what do you reckon will be the kind of the big thing next year
3: uh actually well let me just follow on from what michelle said i think um i had sort of three three things in mind as she was talking the, the third one was opportunity actually and i do think this uh, working from home a hybrid sort of model uh, will throw up some opportunity for our industry you know you think about the health and well-being of employees working remotely from home you know those are unfortunate and they have to have a sort of dedicated workspace separate study you know employers have had enough. To- time to get to grips with this now to start figuring out how do they ensure their employees, their staff are working comfortably from whatever limited space they might have at home. And that will throw up lots of opportunities for for vendors in our space and not just the obvious ones of fellows and uh, and others that are in that sort of ergonomic field. The other big issue I think comes down to printing. I mean, there has been a, a sort of decline of office volumes and uh, presumably uh, home office uh, printing has declined as well. But I think at some point that will that will come back. That will throw up all kinds of kinds of issues, particularly around the sort of types of uh, units that the OEMs manufacture, and uh, you know, more of a preference now towards smaller footprint home units versus you know, larger multifunction sort of work devices. So there's some reconfiguration there for uh, for the OEMs and some opportunity. Uh, but of course, it throws up. Uh, this whole issue of data security. So might we once again see the resurgence of uh, of the small office, home office shredder? I know from my own uh, environment. I have a, a wife and a daughter, both of whom work at home, both of whom work in finance, and both of whom have got spreadsheets and data and all sorts, you know, flying around. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we see another little uptick in 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 that. Uh, on on the opposite side, I do think next year we're going to see some some carnage amongst resellers in many many countries. I think when the various government aid Furlough schemes, or whatever you want to call them, when they start to eventually run out, I think we will see some casualties i hope that you know those businesses are now working on ways to collaborate with uh, with other businesses whether you know like-minded businesses in the same sector or businesses in adjacent sectors because uh, i think that's absolutely essential for for many of these smaller and medium-sized businesses to get through this phase and lastly i'd say um, diversification and um, we kind of started off at the beginning heike was talking about how quickly the vendors were to, to respond and i think that's absolutely key going forward you know traditional office supplies is not coming back. Just after our recent forum, someone wrote to me and said, it must be very disappointing and downheartening for the various office products vendors that attend your forums to keep hearing everyone telling the resellers that they've got to diversify and start selling other stuff. And I said, well, no, you're wrong. My message was everyone should be diversifying, not just people that sell the stuff, but people that make the stuff. You know, If you're a traditional filing products manufacturer, you're not going to survive in that game for, for too much longer. You, you need to get out and be thinking about other products. So I do think this uh, situation this year forced people to look outside their comfort zone. And I do think we'll see a lot more of that uh, product diversification and kind of cross-channel movement in the course of the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, yeah sure. I mean, I, I spoke to Boris Ellisman, the CEO of ACCO, earlier this week, and they, they've just spent several hundred million dollars buying a, a games console company have a look on opi.net for that for that interview in a, in a podcast and, a, and an article as well uh hiker he, what, what do you what do you think for for next year what we're going to see
1: well basically i think what all of you have said and uh steve in particular what i'd really like to see is more of their speed and agility that we've seen over the past year rather than a sort of Phew, thank god that's over now uh, or nearly over that has been so brilliantly displayed by so many this year Learning new skills, thinking outside this sort of proverbial box, and just becoming that little bit better at what we do. And maybe doing all of that a bit more quickly than we've historically done this pre COVID. And now we know that it actually can be done.
0: Yeah. Okay. That certainly echoes many things we've heard at various conferences uh, online, mostly this year. Okay, well, thank you everybody for taking part in this podcast. It just remains for me to wish all our listeners a very happy end to 2020 and I hope that you can actually spend, spend that time with your families. And here's to a COVID-free and successful 2021 for everybody. Okay, thanks everyone for taking part.
3: Thanks, Andy. Thank
1: you.
0: Thanks, Andy. Thank you for listening to OPI Talk. Find us at opi.net for all the latest news and analysis from the business products world. You can download our app from the App Store or Google Play. Just search for OPI Magazine.